we're gonna be super professional yeah jen's here okay this is pancake town the podcast and i'm emily i'm michelle we have a super duper special guest that we're really excited about that we've been wanting to have on for a while and she finally was like um i could be on your podcast and we were like yes we'll have you on our podcast because i'm angry enough because she's <laughs> now she, she bottled it all up just for today um jen farrell from star shaped press is here say hi jen hi she's got lots of um shit to talk about like decades of shit to talk about and notes and notes she's she's the most prepared she officially has the gets the award for most prepared guest sorry everybody else that's been a guest you lose (laughs) sorry edgewater candles (laughs) no one's ever come with no i don't think anybody's ever come with notes you to be fair you asked if you could have if you should have notes and i was like it seemed appropriate to keep it concise I think when you have like lots of stuff to talk about, it's pro- we should be better at having notes, but we tend to just ramble. We have had notes. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yes, for past episodes. We'll have notes uh, for the upcoming episodes, I think. Um, I think best to start with Jen giving us a little yeah. background about herself and her business for those of you listening that don't know Jen and know her business um i know a lot of people have been asking about um wanting to hear michelle and i talk more about our kind of long-term experience with business since we've both had businesses running for 14 and 15 years um so it's kind of appropriate that we have jen on because she has a very long running business um and she's been going through some feelings that are similar to what Michelle and I have been going through. So, um, Jen, we'll let you talk a little bit about deep feelings. Start, yes, your f- deep feelings. <laughs> feelings that involve um, matches. But if you can tell us <laughs> kind of when Star Shaped started and kind of why it started and a little bit about your background. Okay. Do it. Yeah. All right. Hit so it. So, Star Shaped is 20 years old this year. Booyah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and when I started the studio, Uh, It felt like it was really at a period of time that was a crossroads uh, because there was this huge new influence and support of this DIY movement and owning the means of production. And so myself and lots of other young, early 20-somethings decided to do our own thing, whether it was what I do, which is letterpress printing or publishing or music or whatever. Um, And it was really amazing because there was a ton of support Everyone helped each other out. We, we got through, we got jobs through word of mouth. Uh, and I did a ton of work. Uh, and business was super good for quite a while. I mean, for not having any model of what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but it was also. And there really was no social media nonsense. No social media. Like there none. Were, there were blogs, yeah. and the blogs were really pointed. So you could be like, oh, for a hundred bucks a month, I can have an ad on this blog. And right. I would get a ton of work. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, Etsy used to be cool and helpful um, 10 years ago for small businesses, and that's changed. Yeah, it's different now. Uh, and it just felt like we could really capitalize on a rejection of this technology because everything was pushing into web design, and I think a lot of people were like, wait a second, like, how do I still make something with my hands? Like, How do I still yeah. connect with people? Uh, and so it was really wonderful for that because I think people were actively choosing that like choosing to support local people and choosing to go to shows and see local people make things and buying it in stores. Uh, 
and and rejecting things that were getting too big too fast so it was mm. super great for the studio at that time yeah um so that was going great but over the last few years can i swear yeah okay you so listen <laughs> to the podcast i know you have so you encourage it <laughs> i just don't know how classy you want me to be you be <laughs> classy and swear you can okay. do both yeah, right. yeah. I'm going to be both. So the <laughs> last like three to four years of my life have been a total shit show. Uh, so in 2016, I lost my husband to cancer. And then in 2017, I lost half my house in a fire. And then uh, just this last year, my kid, who's 12 now, had their third surgery to remove tumors that won't stop growing in their chest. And that was followed by uh, more radiation treatments. So... Yeehaw. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the definition of shit show. Yeah, that's shit it's show been, times 10. It's been awesome. Uh, so that meant having this other full-time job on top of trying to keep my own business afloat uh, where, you know, I'm spending all my time trying to manage healthcare between the two of them. And then losing my husband meant losing really good union-based health insurance yeah. to figuring out how to fork over nearly $1,500 a month to Cobra his insurance and then having to purchase my own, then to battle to get my kid onto Medicaid to keep her treatments covered. Um, I spend so much time talking to doctors and nurses and technicians and being disappointed by our healthcare system in general. Uh, I had to spend nine months talking to contractors, which turned me into a horrible person because I think you have to be a horrible person yeah, to, to get them to it. listen to you. Like I did not invite this renovation. I didn't want it. Mm. Um, I, the house was <laughs> lost in a fire. So it was sort yeah. of like, okay, I guess we need to build something to live in. Uh, so that was really unpleasant. Um, and now I'm also responsible for this house on my own as the only adult running the house. So I had to refinance it so that I could keep it. And that's another um, humiliating part-time job of forking over all your financials, and mm, yeah. which looked really bad because you lost the breadwinner for your family. Um, also, I'm a single parent, yay, which I never wanted to be, ever. Yeah. Uh, and that's really challenging. So it's just been like moving from trauma to trauma. And I keep using the sinking ship metaphor. We love metaphors. <laughs> Jen, before that we record, she, before we started recording, Jen asked about. She was like, "So I got this metaphor," and Michelle and I both were like, "Yes, yeah, yeah, it's a really good." We one. love metaphors. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, like I had to keep the ship from sinking. So I was able to, through these last three or four years, just shut all the watertight doors to keep it from hitting the ocean floor. Um, so a lot of what I did was I dropped a ton of wholesaling, uh, because I hate it. Um, <laughs> cool. I, hate, I hate printing greeting cards and like, they're not on trend and people are not liking mm -hmm. what I'm doing with cards or at least the ones who say they like it are not buying them sure. yeah. um, and stores are not buying them. And I was hustling so hard to get these stupid $50 orders, which is not sustainable. Yeah, it's not worth it. So I cut it out except for a few um, key places that are super supportive, like Sacred Art always buys my stuff. They always sell my stuff and they're super incredibly supportive. Nice. Um, Signal Return in Detroit is the same way. They ask them. for stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, and so there are a few where I will bend over backwards and even keep printing things I don't like because they yeah. keep selling them. So yeah. it's worth it. Um, 
so yeah it was just figuring out like okay if i'm not on trend here why am i wasting my time because i have to spend the rest of my day calling doctors so i can't yeah like, your priorities start to get real focused right yeah but it also meant that i cut out any advertising i cut out sponsoring anything ever uh, because there just wasn't that extra money to do that. So that leads me into today, which I'll get to later. Yeah, um, isn't it ironic that like when you actually need that sort of thing, yeah. you don't have the money to spend right, on right. it? Yeah. And like, that's when you're supposed, you supposed to be supposed yeah, doing right, it. Right. Yeah. When you're busy, those are the things you should be doing. Yeah. But like at some point, something's got to give. So that was a thing that gave. Yeah. Um, I stopped doing shows because I was getting sick, like trying to handle everything and then package things up. Um, I had pneumonia the last time I did a show of hands. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this. Like yeah. something's got to give. Too much. So I yeah. need to step away from that. Um, we were never big travelers. I haven't traveled a lot, uh, but I really have not been able to travel. I had to stop teaching workshops at other universities and, and getting out because my kid just really needed me. And anytime I planned anything that involved travel, some awful thing would happen that wasn't changeable. Like, oh, you're going to be in the hospital for three days. Yeah. So I will yeah. not be getting on a plane Better tomorrow. to plan being home. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of the negative things that needed to happen that almost don't feel negative, but they feel negative now because I'm dealing with the repercussions of that. Uh, so my attempts to kind of get the boiler fueled and running again, um, the biggest thing I've done is actually look at a different market, which for me is getting into the um, fine press market uh, because the next logical step for my skill set of where I'm at is to do projects that are... Um, more intense, more challenging, more complicated that involve adding a new skill set. Uh, but it also means changing the price point. So instead mm -hmm. of looking at direct sale, like sale to a buyer, I'm looking at, you know, attracting special collections libraries and people who collect books and books and things that I'm making that cost two, four, six hundred dollars. Yeah. So it's a different market. Um, but the nice thing about it is that it's been really good for me because some people have been really supportive and uh, and it's growing and it's so nice to just have one sale mm -hmm. that brings in $400 yeah. that doesn't involve me packaging up $400 worth of shit. Right. Uh, so that's been really great, but I'm a baby in the field still, so I'm not there yet. And I've not been able to attend all the shows because when I sign up for one, my kid's back in the hospital. So it's, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't do that yet. I think it's coming, but it's not there right now. Um, so we're getting there. Um, but I've sent a ton of catalogs that I had made of all these, I call them my high roller projects because the price point's so much higher. Uh, and a lot of the projects I try to do are pieces where like you could buy an individual print from the series that costs $35 so I could retain my old market or you can spend $400 and get the entire series and it comes in a nice collectible oh, yeah. thing. Nice. So I'm trying to look at like how can I still keep bridging these two markets uh, and that actually works really, really well yeah. because I'm not losing touch with one versus the other. Um, so I'm cautiously starting to do shows again, uh, like show of hands Woo! Uh, <laughs> that I know are are good, that will bring people in that are well curated, where I feel like I my ca the caliber of my work is on par with the caliber of everyone else's work there. Yeah. Like everyone's kind of at a certain point in their craft making. 
Um, so I am trying to do that and build up that market again and also use it as a chance to meet people because I think there's a lot to be said by having those personal interactions mm -hmm. with your customers because yeah for I sure. if people like a print that I've done and they want it to be in purple instead and a hundred people tell me purple is better I will print it in purple I don't care yeah like, I need to make money um so I'm totally flexible to that kind of it's like it's like free market research yeah to be mm -hmm. a show. you can get mm -hmm. in front of people mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah so and then because this is my 20th anniversary um, as a studio, I had set up this summer all of these things to um, coordinate with that. So it was officially part of the Ravenswood Art Walk, which was super successful. I had the studio in Open House Chicago, which was really, really successful. Uh, and then I've got a couple more open events where people can come check out the shop because what I've discovered especially for custom work, when people are looking for, you know, business cards or wedding invitations, uh, the studio sells itself because yeah, all this stuff definitely. is super cool. Like the mm. type is super yeah, cool. It's stuff people have never seen yeah. before. They yeah. get excited that hundred year old presses are running every day. Yeah. I think once they see it, there's a connection to the process. Yeah. Uh, and if I can score that connection, then it's easier to get people to pony yeah. up, you know, for these bigger jobs. Like, you know, I need 500 wedding invitations. I need a thousand business cards. Um, and so I've been doing a ton of that. Uh, and then I'm also thinking about maybe joining the, the local chamber of commerce. Yeah. Mostly because the people who run all the chambers now are like my people. Like we've yeah, seen totally. each other around the neighborhood for the last 20 years. Uh, I've done projects for them. Most of the, I don't do a lot of weddings, but when I do, the theme of the wedding is local, which is awesome. Yeah. So they will get married at architectural artifacts. They'll have a local person make their rings. They'll have a local person make dresses. Of, like They want a local person to make invitations. So yeah. to me, it feels like being extra hyper connected with the neighborhood might be a really good thing for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they're better clients. Like, Is I there don't like a group of people that cater to um, like smaller local focused wedding things like Probably. jewelry designers and wedding invitation designers, photographers, stuff like that. Probably. I feel like if there isn't. And I it should exist. Mm -hmm. And if it's never like weddings have never been my favorite thing to do. No. But then, okay. uh, you know, I've designed stuff that's that really takes advantage of what I have in the studio. And so if people come in and they're super chill and they just like, you know, here's this thing you did that we thought was cool. And, you know, could we get something like that? Like, then it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind it at all. Um, and so I've tried to cater to that crowd that's chill. Yeah. So I've been doing that and then I'm thinking about trying to teach a couple more workshops and I built a PDF that has all the information of like, here's what you would get out of hiring me to teach a workshop. Here's some options. Here's uh, topics for lectures, like whether it's a general crowd or a student crowd. Uh, and I can cautiously try to travel a bit more next year. But again, it's somewhat limited based on single parenting. Yeah. Definitely. So there's that. So all of these things feel like I'm building for the future, but the fact of the matter is that there's little to no work coming in right now, like custom work that I normally do. Yeah. And usually things pick up in the fall. So I'm used to a crummy summer where I sit back and do inventory and organize and clean everything, make sure all the systems I have set up for designing quickly with my materials 
uh, are all there. And so we've done all of that and the studio looks amazing, uh, but the work's not there. And I think the work's not there because I closed all those watertight doors oh. and, you know, I feel and, the same way. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I'm just like, how long, how long can that go with yeah. all the stuff I'm doing? And so, you know, I've had some long chats with my financial planner to think about, you know, how much money should I be bringing in each month? How long can I go without doing that? Um, and, you know, I'm thinking that by next summer, I need to have some sense of either there's work coming in or I need to start looking at plan B. Although I've already fantasized about some plan Bs because I think when things are rough, <laughs> you start fantasizing about sure. how you would be so much better in another field. Right. So, you know, there's there's that stuff that, that needs to happen. And like Michelle, you said a few podcasts ago that you don't want people to send you shitty work. Yes, like, the same applies for Jen. Yeah. Don't ask her to do your yeah, weirdo yeah, yeah, yeah. project. Like I'm not redesigning your logo no. for $50 because first yeah. of all, yeah. that's criminal amount of money. And second mm -hmm. of all, yes. I'm not a logo designer. Like if you want to help out, like buy a print, show up at a show, yeah. come visit me in the studio. You know, think about like, do you have a project? Do you have a friend who's got a project? They're starting a new business and they need like cool business right. cards send, that fit send my legit style. work, not yeah. make, don't make up shit. Like that's <laughs> the really helpful thing. Um, because I am so tired of getting critical acclaim and whenever I reach out to some people to say, you know, I just want to pack it all in. Like the response is you can't, your work is so important. You're, you're doing this really important work in the field. You're pushing the envelope. Yeah. You're, you're doing all that. And I'm like, but you didn't ever buy anything from me. Yeah. So I don't care what Ugh. you say. And you know, it doesn't mean that there's no book publishers asking me to do a book about the studio. There's no one right. asking me to do a solo show of my work anywhere. And believe me, it's not for a lack of trying on my part. Like I am right. constantly putting myself out there to try to, yeah. to make these things happen. Um, and I also, I don't want to hear what I should do from people who make well over six figures a year. I don't want to hear yes. from yeah, people please. who don't, work in a craft-based business and i sometimes don't even want to hear advice from people who have a partner like have a legitimate backup yeah who's who's emotionally and financially invested in the success of your business like i i can't like it's like i've had friends come over and say well you could clean up your garden if you like if you do this this and this because i want my garden to thrive but mm. my garden was built on the premise of having two adults functioning right. to grow everything do it yeah and i don't have that um, and so don't come over to my garden and be like, if you, you could do this, you could beds, do this. it's going to look great. I'm like, yeah, who's building that? Like, yeah, why don't you do up, it? <laughs> show up you with the wood yeah. and the screws and the dirt and I will totally help you. But don't tell me what to do because I am tapped out on time. Yeah. Um, right. And that's also not your priority. <laughs> it's not. I mean, my kid's in middle school. Next yeah. year we're looking at high school. It's like. So homework is super important right now. Yeah. And so there's nights where I think I'm going to go home and write this article. Oh, but I can't because my kid is sobbing because they don't know how to write this book review. And I need to sit there for the yeah. next three hours and write a book review. So um, maybe I'll have the energy to pick up that article I'm writing at 11 o'clock at night. And I often do. But like, I'm not going to build raised gardens, garden beds in between. Right. Exactly. Things. That's so, not going to be my fun thing that I'm going to do with my yeah. all my free time. Yeah. And all that and the critical acclaim, like all that does for me is make me feel like a failure because yeah. I can't convert it 
to being financially right to, su- to support me yeah and i think a lot of people who say that uh, like if they knew how bad things were financially like i'm not saying like oh i make 30 grand a year and i want it to be 40 and i'm failing because i'm not i'm like i want to make any money this yeah. year like that's where it's yeah. at so don't tell me i'm great and then not give me a legitimate lead or something that right. will help so that's where it's at um and i work super hard like, i love what i do i've always loved what yeah. i do it's like the only thing i can do i'm uniquely unqualified to do anything else in life which makes the plan b thing a little bit yes scary. makes it harder yeah um which i think plan b would be something really unrelated to what i do like i would never go into graphic design i would i just wouldn't it, it needs to be a total break or i think i would just be sad um right that i would feel like you were my thing it was work. like a concession or something to right yeah right and i could uh, i could downsize the studio i could do my own hobby projects and work out of my basement if I could um, downsize it to that level, but I can't do commercial work out of my basement because the city will get angry about that. Right. Um, so part of this too is, and this is where I want you to chime in <laughs> or anyone, is I kind of feel like we're at a crossroads again I in think, terms yeah. of how how people who make things, like how they're perceived in the world and how they're supported or not supported uh and i and i wonder like what are we missing like as society like has technology gotten so amazing that now you can order something and have it the next day and you don't even care anymore that you don't have that personal connection um and it's it's to me it's really critical that that that's there like last week we went over to the bookseller in lincoln square to get a gift card for someone and my kids been doing their 2019 reading list, but it's geared towards adults. So there were a couple things where, you know, it has prompts like read a Chicago mystery writer or something. So we have to find things that fit that in a young adult category. So they're asking the people that work there. And within a half an hour, we had the most amazing recommendations for books ever. Like nice. stuff we didn't know about, like really insightful that were absolutely targeted to the kind of reading my kid likes to do. And it was amazing. And it just reminded me like, this is why this store exists. Yeah, this is why this local bookshop. It's been numbers of books on Amazon. And then I call the bookseller and say, can you please get like, yep. here's the information. And they have it the next day anyway. Right. Like, and then I have the opportunity to go there and just slow down for a minute and get some coffee and get mm-hmm. my book and talk to other humans that are working really hard. And the loss of that just makes me so sad. Like, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to lose that. But I think that something is shifting. Even how products are placed, how they're marketed on these big box stores and websites that mimics the way we've been operating as small craft-based businesses for Mm -hmm. the last 20 years and so the line is really blurred between the two yeah so i don't i don't have all the answers but i just feel like this is playing into it like we're at a crossroads so where do we go from there like what what do i make that's going to reach people um, and what are other people making that's going to reach people and how are we actually doing enough to support each other and get the word out there that that this matters because if it's not supported anymore and that's why I'm looking at plan B um, but then it's not sustainable yeah. for any of us. I think it's hard because it's 
so much so much of it is that like pendulum swing of like it's always going to be like this where like technology is going to come and it's going to be like convenient and helpful and people are going to be like oh this is new and fancy and i love it and it's helping my life be easier and more convenient and then it it almost like swings back the other way and makes people go like oh wait no i want to like send real mail and like i miss mm. actual touching of things and i want to interact with humans more and like it always seems to be kind of like swinging back and forth constantly where like um but then does that pendulum swing keep just like pushing farther and farther to the technology side like are we are we always still just going farther away from like people actually wanting to support individual businesses and like people actually making things and like we all pretend like I there's it does seem to be a lot of talk like you know it it's the bullshit of like American Express having small business Saturday sure. like yeah. that's fucking bullshit like that is a giant multi-billion dollar corporation pretending like they give a shit about me they don't like they sent a bunch of garbage to my store when my store was open that was printed in a foreign country and pretended like that meant something and that they were somehow supporting me when what they could have done has been like, we're going to waive all of your credit card fees for a year. That would have been a way to support me, but they're not going to do that. So it's like all of these big companies are constantly trying to, you know, be in the good graces of the consumer that wants to support small businesses. They want to be like, no, 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 we're not, we're, we're not mean. We're not the big box. We're, we're really trying really hard. And like, um, we're not fast fashion and we're not sweatshops and we're not this, like, look, we gave some money over here to these people. We made, we printed a sticker, see? And, and as consumers, if we're tricked by that then yeah it's always going to swing in their favor it's always like the con the big corporations are still going to win out in the end because they're too big to fail they have tons of money and i wonder if people are as a whole like i want to have faith in humanity right um and i think sometimes humanity just gets lost in the shuffle of day-to-day -day life without seeing how their actions affect other people around them uh so like yeah you can be swayed um by what you're seeing with these companies like i can have this thing tomorrow that's really awesome um but without seeing like that little extra effort actually helps keep people like us afloat right and then there's even companies like I mean, I have no beef with companies like Tiny Prince or Shutterfly or whatever. Like they fill a market, but they've eliminated my market for people looking for custom right. holiday cards yep. or whatever. Like mm. you can upload this picture of your happy little family and yep. you can, you know, get it foil stamped and you can get like all this stuff for nothing. Yeah. And you can get it in three days and it costs yeah. no money. Like, and that's why yeah. I was looking at other markets. Like what are they not going to do? They're not going to print mm. artist books but i can and i can do right. well at it um but it's not my only market right now because i'm still transitioning and i still need these other things to sell so that's why i feel like a lot of the custom work is gone because there's these cheap producers yeah. that can like 
pretend to make something look like it's you know foil stamped in a way and right. sell you that this is a really great thing i mean i've even seen projects where they're they're digitally printed and then they're run through with an yep. embossing plate yep. to make it to look make it like look like a letter press. letterpress yep and you know that's fine if that's what you really want like maybe i don't want those clients anyway but i do need some clients like i need just i yeah. don't need a lot i just need enough people to throw me a bone like every you know once or yeah. twice a month to, I to think make the rent the interesting thing when you were talking about the critically acclaimed thing like i i feel that sometimes too where i feel like there's certain parts of the public that are like they have a perception of you and your business and like oh you've been around for so long and you have you know like the appearance of success and like you obviously have been doing this for so long and like you must be doing well because like how else would yes. you oh, still yeah. be in oh, business? you yes. must be doing well i'm yes. sure is something that people think about all the time every, yeah. and, you know and i i've only in the last like couple of years i think like since the store closed I've felt it more than ever where like I've actually had people say to my face like that they were going to hire me to do something or they would have asked me to do X, Y, Z, but like didn't think I would, I had time or thought I would be too expensive or, to, and I'm like, I'm literally sitting here like trying to get people to hire me to do things. And you are, you just said to me like you would have hired me are you fucking insane like and and so now you're you literally are saying to my face that my own success is hurting me like it's actually causing people to not hire me because people are like oh, I'd love for her to do my logo or I'd love for her to do my wedding invitations or I would love to buy XYZ from her or order from her or do this or whatever. But like they just make the assumption that like she she's fine or doesn't need my money yeah, or, that, or is too busy to or, or like I'm just going to do this Shutterfly order because i mean like members of my own fucking family do that to me where they will i will get a holiday card that is from tiny prince and i'll be like ha 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 that's really adorable like are you trying to kill me yeah. like how why are you sending this to me why would you not hire me to do this like i would have given you a discount i would have given you a great deal and like they would be so much better than this well there's a and then they're disconnect. like oh i just assumed that you'd be like so busy and and the the places that do that kind of work make it so easy and they have the yeah. money to market the and hell people out of think it. like oh they like i think there's this general idea that like oh well they must have so many clients like me me the one person not giving them a job isn't gonna affect them but if if you think about it if everybody is having that same thought that means that i'm sitting here with no orders yeah and i think you would probably agree with me that if a, if someone comes to me and and you know if nothing else they've learned how to communicate really well with potential clients to be like this is what I do. This yeah. is what I do really well. Like this is the process is exceptionally good for these five things. So if you're down with that, then this could be a great opportunity to work together. But if you come to me and you say, I'm really looking for this and I look at it and say, 
That's not you really want, what I do. You want photographs. You want yeah. like you want digital printing. Then you need ten thousand of here. them. Like that's not good for me. Like none of neither of us will be happy. So I'm going to recommend that you go to this other place. But I just want like the people should come. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. But you should reach out to people and say, I'd like to do this, but I don't like. What does your schedule look like? I will tell you. Like yeah. I could do it tomorrow at this point, you right. know, like just send me the work and, and we'll do it. So I think there's a little bit of that disconnect yeah. and it's the same with like so many people say to me, like, so I have over 16,000 followers on Instagram. It is because it's the only social media that I've thrown myself into because I remember years ago, uh, Nadine from Son and Zimmer had said, you know, start as you mean to go on. So if you're not invested in something that's, that you're going to commit to, don't even waste your time. I'm like, great. So screw you, Facebook. Like I'm not even going to, Yeah. I'm not even going to bother. So this was a thing that seemed like the best format for getting the work out there. I was an early adapter and in the early years, um, if I was posting regularly, I'd get like 50 new followers every week. So over five years, like, yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah. And now I think it would be a lot harder. Like now it would be harder to generate that because there's so many people. Just like now it's harder to get into letterpress because the cost of entry is so high. Yeah. I mean, 20 years ago, people were giving away equipment. Like yeah. They they're like, get rid come of and get this enough. out of my basement. Yeah, yeah. And now like you could spend 15 grand on a press. I'm like, I don't even know what you do on that press to make that money back in less than yes. a year. Like yeah. that's insane to me. So I think a lot of it is, you know, I'll get that like, oh, but it looks like you're doing great. Like you're doing all these new projects. I'm like, well, sometimes I repost old projects yeah. just to remind you that I'm capable of doing that. Right. And if there's new people following, they might not have seen it the last time. It's just about the consistency of putting it out there. Yeah. But it means it means nothing. And I'm tired of people equating social media of any kind with success of your business. Yeah. It means nothing. I mean, I can get 500 likes on a new print and if I get one sale of that print, it's amazing. Yeah. And you know, and it doesn't need to be that much more than that. Like honestly, if 10 sold and the, and my prints are rarely over $80. Yeah. Like that's enough yeah. to make it happen. So, you know, I hate when people are like, Oh, when this is done, I can't wait to buy it. I'm like, that's, bullshit because like, yeah. you're not gonna buy it right and that's okay like you don't need to tell me and then disappoint me like uh, just don't say anything at all right yeah. you don't exactly. even have to like it yeah, i don't exactly. care like it literally means it is nothing it is it is totally hollow the only time where instagram's felt like it's been as good as good is if i go somewhere else and i do a show or i do a lecture in a different town and people come up to me after and they're like, I totally love seeing your stuff on Instagram. I have no idea who they are. They never like it, but they're seeing it. Sure. So yeah. there's an organic response. And that brought them out to the lecture. And then in person for me at that lecture, they bought a print. Like right. that is the best that Instagram's yeah. ever done for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it probably only works really well if it's combined with an in-person sort of yeah. interaction. Yeah. yeah. That's um, the only time I feel like, like with show of hands, that's the only time I feel like, oh, I should keep doing this and I should keep putting effort into this is because like, like I feel like we have re pretty good engagement on there as far as like, even though it's a small following, but like then when people come to the show and they're like, they'll say something specifically like, oh, I felt like 
I saw this on Instagram or I entered the giveaway or whatever. And you're like, oh, cool. That got this one person to show up here and they're holding shopping bags. Like, good. That yeah. that worked. Like some something physically happened from that and a sale was made and money changed hands. And like they like physically <laughs> interacted with a business here. Yeah. And it's like, nothing that's to real. do with how many likes that. Yeah. Exactly. Got. Like as long as the it's like moving around and hitting new people and like getting people to pay attention to something that ultimately led to them showing up at this event and discovering this business and buying this thing, like then that's why I'm gonna keep doing it. I don't I have to pay attention to that and not the like, oh, how many people liked this photo or how many people or like how many followers do I have? Like it yeah. doesn't, but then it does make you feel like there are all these weird perceptions of things because then other people are looking at those things and being like, oh, this show has this many followers and this show has this many followers and this business has this many followers. And that somehow means something when in reality it doesn't. No, it like there are, there are businesses that I know are pumping out work right and left and are making tons of money and have a thousand followers because they don't give a fuck about Instagram. Mm. They're too busy doing work. And so it's like, you know, it doesn't matter. There's also, you know, companies and businesses that have hundreds of thousands of followers, all of which they bought and are not real. So it's like none of, none of it's real. The thing that's real is the stuff they're making and did you buy it or not? Yeah. But it's it's hard to navigate that world when you're competing with so much stuff that's like people's perception and yeah how do you compete with something like do yeah do you just have to choose like okay well if my main competition has kind of taken away my bread and butter like well maybe i just do maybe i have to like change the path i'm taking and like right. do like, something totally different and what is that is it a transition to a different style of work is it a transition to a different kind of marketplace is it is it getting out of it all together and like i don't want to be bitter and i don't want to be resentful yeah. of what i do because yeah. i like what i do and uh but then you know i see stuff like i most of the people i've follow on Instagram are other print shops or um, other small business ventures like that because I like because I like my field and I want to yeah. see what everyone's doing and I want to see the innovation around it and you know and I'll see stuff like I saw a comment on something on someone else's post like I really love um, how they're using like handmade paper now for wedding invitations and I <laughs> wanted to be like sister 20 years ago yeah that's all there was that's all there was to do this like yeah. I, and and I love that this is exciting and new for you um, and that's great like I hope that your business succeeds with that but um, but when you see these trends kind yeah, of come weird, back around yeah. and you know, it's it's hard to be like, well, can I compete with that? Can I compete with mm -hmm. people? Like, I've had a nice niche market because I don't work with polymer plates. So I'm one of the yeah. very few places in the country that's preserving through the production of work that I'm doing. So I'm preserving this type. Um, I'm making it accessible. It was always really important to me that I don't just collect all this crap and put it in a shed and then post pictures of all the crap I have, yeah. like most of the guys that I know that are in yep. the press, like, look at this amazing thing I have. And, you know, and 
don't do anything with it. Like I want to do stuff with the things that I have yeah. and do it for people and have them be excited about about doing that. The same like if you need a new wrought iron fence for your yard and you look at a blacksmith who can do this really interesting technique that's a hundred years old that matches the style of your house. Like why wouldn't you want to work with that person? Right. Like if your if your budget allows to do that, why wouldn't you want to take pride in the materials that you surround yourself with? Yeah. So that's been the audience that I've had. Um, but again, like getting out of greeting cards, like every kid who's starting a letterpress business out of their university's print shop where they have zero overhead and free equipment. Yeah. You know, they're doing greeting cards. You know, like, so there's, I don't want to be a part of that saturated market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, last year at my holiday open house, I packed them all up. Like you could get 10 to 15 cards for $5 in bags based on different themes because I wanted to get them the hell out of the shop. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not paying rent for an inventory that's not moving. So people were buying them up and like sad, like, oh, I can't believe we're not going to have these. I'm like, they don't sell yeah. like yeah. where stores, were you before <laughs> stores will not respond yeah. to me i yep. cannot get a store to talk to me i can't get a store to look at a catalog i've sent catalogs for years it is not worth the effort yeah i'd be better off staying at home and like taking a bath for an hour than wasting <laughs> the time to do this and money too because i'm having yep. catalogs digitally printed i make nice covers i really put an effort into it and it's not enough which tells me that either I'm not resonating or my work is not resonating with these people. So I cannot be married to it. Yeah. Uh, but there are other kinds of projects I'm super good at. And I've always had a client base and that client base seems to be disappearing. Mm. And I think some of that is of my own making because I, I just physically could not do more than I had to deal with in the last three or four years. Yeah. So that's a huge part of it. So it's just kind of figuring it out. But it's also allowed me to step back and look at the market in general just to see, like, is everyone hurting? Is the market oversaturated with handmade goods to the point where people are distracted and they just want to buy something on Amazon so they don't have to think about which vendor to support? You know, I don't yeah. know. It's, yeah. I don't know what's going on. It does feel... It does start to feel really like it might be getting really oversaturated. Like there is like it does feel a little bit like it gets to a point where people are just always starting, you know, little businesses like there's how many always people apply for show of hands for the holiday show? This last one, there's probably there was probably like 250 and applications, 260. Um like a hundred. Yeah. Um, but we're, I mean, I, I have to imagine there's like thousands of people applying to like renegade. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're kind of a little, I mean, at least only we think there are, I mean, maybe there except aren't. for yeah, the fact right. that they keep doing rolling admissions like and you're five like, of the holiday oh, shows all have all apparently still have space applications really creepy. The hol- to me. I don't know if it's closed now, but what was it a week ago a week that ago. we were texting um, that they posted that the Chicago holiday show about a week open. ago had rolling apps. It's so expensive. And if your price point of your items like if yeah, you're the holiday show is like cards eight hundred dollars. Seven, I look seven hundred dollars. Yeah, for a six foot for a table? six foot space. For two I feel days. like I remember it being four hundred a long time ago. 
I mean, when like, I, the last time. Am I just doing that old lady thing? Yeah. Where I'm like, this it used, used to be a to dollar. Be a <laughs> it used to be a nickel. <laughs> the last holiday show that I did for, was the last time they were at Pulaski Park Auditorium. So yeah, that would have been. I never did a, I think that would have been 2015, no, probably. And I, f- I distinctly remember that show being like 400 or yeah, maybe four, four or maybe, maybe 450. F- yeah. Maybe something 450. Like that. Yeah. And so that was four years ago. So it's doubled. It's almost doubled. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not quite doubled, but I mean, it, it's, it is also the thing of like, I mean, if they are having a hard time getting people to apply it's weird too though because like the the amount of people doing certain kinds of things doesn't seem to be changing like it's not like i have tons of people like making greeting cards applying to the show like that's doesn't seem to be like i'm always like where are the card people the fuck um there's always so many fucking jewelry people it's so goddamn unbelievable i just can't it's so terrible like before i would never choose to make every time every time we open applications i'm like maybe this will be the year when there won't be very many jewelry people no (laughs) jesus conversation is extra ironic since i'm sitting next to a jewelry designer it's i I find it very annoying as well i would like if i was starting a business tomorrow i would not pick jewelry it's also just it's interesting to me like not have given up painting if i if i were someone right now like the people who are currently starting businesses like people who right now have like one and two and three year old businesses like uh, to be totally honest and like i'm probably gonna hurt some people's feelings right now like what were you thinking (laughs) like i don't know what you were thinking like i would never start a business right now like danger get out like what are you what's wrong with you like what a weird environment filled with like insane social media and like weirdy dropship companies and like lunatic like direct to business like but we all made it look like it was fun did we 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 (laughs) fucked it up for them well and also here's what you need to remember because i totally agree with you because i i fear for people starting out and i and it's not because they're not capable it's because it's so much there's so I have much 20 years of experience and i know how like i'm the parent in this group yeah now, right? like yeah i feel for you like i this is this is so hard to do and there's so many things you need to think about like kids are coming out of school with 10 times more debt than they ever had when yeah. i was coming out of school and the and economy you know is not better it's and worse you start a business like, yeah. do you know, like, I still pay $1,000 a month for health care, like, yeah. because I'm self-employed. Like, I mean, I always think that, too, be aware. when people are, like, I mean, I do, I do worry that, like, we didn't do a good job, like, letting people know how fucking hard it's been. Like, I think we all did a bad job of, like, the fake it till you make it thing in yeah, front of everyone. I, w- I definitely like, did that. Because I think that, like, I mean, it, I look at my own story and it was kind of like i had a i did like i did cards and it's cute and i did that and then like look i saved my money really good and then i was able to open a store and that was cute and then look i started a craft show and that's cute and it's like but like behind the scenes like i had money coming from other places and i had to save really really hard and like make a plan for that and like i also 
have a husband who's had a job all along and like that was money that came from somewhere else and also we haven't been on a vacation in a decade and we got married three years ago and have not been on a honeymoon and we don't have children and like i the list can go on of the things that like we don't spend money on and that's why right like so so it's not like i'm hanging out with like a fancy car and like going on vacations every three months and like living the high life like i like this has all been it's not fun all the time like it's a struggle is basically what i'm saying and it's so and i think that people if if you're ready and willing and okay with that then like more power to you but like don't think that quitting your job that maybe is stable and has a health care policy that gets paid for and you get a paycheck every two weeks and you do go on vacations regularly and you are saving up for a house like you're if you give all that up you give all that up like you're not going to replace it doesn't get replaced you're not going to like build your business and like you might you might be in that like four percent of people that somehow like blow up and become well it's like that you know financially sound or whatever you you need a you need a big fortune to make a small fortune um, right which is so true right and i think also there should be awards for the over 40s like it's stop like stop saying like top 10 creatives under 30 oh like, i know yeah what yeah, the yeah. Hell have you done with your life like what have yeah. you overcome to like you might be a whiz bang on a computer program right you know, but like what have you done because i think there are people i talked to that i met 20 25 years ago who were doing some kind of printing or screen printing or they were starting record labels or doing things that are not stable by any stretch yes, yeah and there's it, that field has has winnowed away over the years to where like there might have been a hundred of us in 1995 starting our starting like school together and getting ideas for projects um and now there's five of us yeah um and we talk and you can see how people fall by the wayside and people will fall by the wayside yeah and i think that will happen a lot if the support's not there for them and then depending on how they navigate depending on their own personal support system but of all those people those five that are still standing either a partner came into that relationship who's Mm. making money yep um or they sacrifice everything they're they're in apartments they didn't buy a house yeah um yeah they yeah like i mean if the economy hadn't tanked we wouldn't have bought a house ever like it was not on our agenda um or you never go on vacation yeah uh you don't drive fancy cars if you have a car at all like these are all the sacrifices you have to make um and i and i just hope that this next generation that is doing this is prepared and understanding that you will make those sacrifices and this is without even carrying debts like so if you have yeah if you have debt anything that looks like student loan debt like Mm -hmm. you're you're screwed on this like get a real job for a couple years like and and just keep at what you're doing but get a real job for a couple years yeah it's just really it's hard because i think that people don't necessarily understand like how everyone plays a part in all of it like I think that's also why I get so frustrated with people who own their own businesses who then don't vehemently support other small businesses. Like when, like I, that's why I get so enraged with 
makers who like post that they're at Starbucks and post that they bought some shit at Target and put like I I find it like you are a fucking traitor. I think that you're a traitor. I think that you don't truly understand. I, I immediately assume that you live in a situation where you have money coming from somewhere else and that you don't really truly understand the struggle that mm-hmm. of what it really is to be an independent business owner because every time I even think about like buying a coffee from a Starbucks, it breaks my heart a little bit because I feel like I'm literally taking money away from a small business owner and giving it to a corporation. Like I, it, it's not just, Oh, I'm conveniently getting a coffee cause it's on my corner. It makes me feel like I am purposely taking money out of the pocket of someone that deserves it more. And if you are a business owner and you don't also feel that kind of pain when you don't give your money to a small business, when you could so easily, like, then I don't understand you. And I don't want, I don't want you to Instagram your amazing latte you had at this independent coffee shop. Like, I want you to just go there. Right. Just Mm. go there and that be your life. That that should just be the way you are. It should just be how you live your life. You should want to... you should realize that there's a balance that like, yes, if you need paper towels, go to the fucking target, like whatever. And don't feel bad about it. But also like if you wake up in the morning and like, you know that you could choose a or B and a is a small business and B is not then like, just choose fucking a, like just do it. Like it's not, if it's not hard and it's not hurting you, I don't know why it's not your default setting. Right, like, like so because because you as a small business owner you you want to be someone else's default setting. Yes. You want to be the thing that people are like when I want greeting cards, buying them from Orange Beautiful. When I want jewelry, buying them from Michelle Starbucks. Like you want to be someone else's default setting. So why aren't you doing that for other people? Just because you think it's a throwaway thing like buying a coffee or getting an oil change it's not the same. It's still a small business. It's still you giving your money to somebody that, that deserves it more, that needs it more. There's a return on that investment. So like, you know, I practically live at Spoken, the cafe. Yeah. Um, they're really good people. Yeah. I like when my husband died and we had this big party on Labor Day, they showed up with a table full of food uh-huh. that they never charged me for. Oh, they just showed up. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, they show up for me. They support me. They hire me to do stuff. Yeah. And they're and real I people will go there and I will buy all my coffee and I will I will support them as long as I can and send everybody there like, oh, where should we people come visit the studio from out of town because people come from all over the world to see the studio. Yeah. Um, and, and they're like, where should we go for lunch? Duh. Spoken. Like, of yeah. course. And and there's a return on that. And it's not always an immediate tangible return. Like I do a blog for, called The Weekend Printer that's like tips and tricks for kids getting into printing. Or maybe they've always been hobby printers or they're older than me and they have some cool shit in their basement. And they don't know what to do with it. Um, and each time I do one, it's just like four or five photos of one particular dumb little thing. And I'll take the time to do it uh, because it's built up a rapport. Like people will email me, like kids will email me. Like, I really like this thing. How did you do that? And it's super honest. And like, I want to be the person that is known as the person who will respond to them and, and value that they're trying because someday I'm thinking, 
What if a book is put out about the work I've done? What if I have to self-publish something? Who's going to buy it? These kids who got a response from me, from my blog. Like, it's important to build that community because that return is there. Yeah. Um, So I guess for me right now, like, I'm not feeling the return. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. why I feel like the business is at a crossroads. Like, is something going to give to do that is it is my experience indicative of a larger experience of what people are going through right now or is it really just me like do people really just yeah. want to buy what i make it's hard right now i think because the world in general is in such a shitty place like we've talked about this in other episodes where we're just kind of like you because everything like kind of feels like it's falling apart in general it you can't really decipher between like is everything just shitty mm-hmm. or is it is it my personal situation that's shitty and like how, how does that how do i choose my next steps like because if it's the whole world then like maybe there's not so much i can do about it and like i kind of got to wait it out but if it's just me like should i be like doing making some drastic changes mm-hmm. to like my personal situation but it makes it trickier when like you know the president is a piece of shit and like there's an election coming up and like t- people in general seem and to be election years are scary. Pre- yes, I election know. years are super scary. Election for small years businesses. are always <laughs> terrible and the economy always starts to get real weirdy, you know, moving around and everybody starts talking about crazy shit and money starts to get bonkers and and you know and you know that when you look you know you look at history and you're like this is kind of how things go and maybe we should just like calm down but then you're also like yeah but that doesn't help my situation to just like sit around and go well historically the economy's kind of wonky and maybe we should just wait till the election's over but and, it's like and i've had friends say that like you know other independently working graphic designers like time you know things ebb and flow over time right i'm like yeah i totally understand that yeah but they're ebbing bad mm-hmm. right you know yeah. like, it's really one, th- bad. It's one like, thing to ebb and flow it's another thing to right. be like is shit hitting the fan yeah like yeah it's hard to and if you have a finite like we have a finite period of time where the business be- needs to become profitable like i need there to not be more traumas um and then turn it around to get us on schedule to to be able to make that happen and yeah. if that's not going to happen then it's not reasonable that i continue doing that no matter how much i love it mm-hmm. like at the end of the day i don't yeah. have a trust fund i don't have the yeah. luxury to do whatever the hell i want i have a child to support yeah you know so something's got to give like there's got to be money to make sure we don't lose our asses in yeah. this market yeah it's hard to know because it's like you want to be able to like have faith in you know other people and hope that like yes there's an audience out there and there's people out there that are like, yeah, I just need to find my crowd or whatever. And like, as long as I, but then you're also like, what if that, what if they're, they aren't out there and I don't find them. Um, then, then are you shit out of luck? And did you spend time trying to find this audience that doesn't exist? Or like, is the market for certain things just disappearing? Um, and I think it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. So then you're like, how many pans can I have on top of the stove at the same time? Yeah. And commit to them to be like, which and one's going to And does changing things up create new problems mm-hmm. or does it solve the problems? Like it's always a risk to kind of, I mean, 
like I've talked about that too of like change, you know, changing shit up and like trying to figure out like, am I doing custom work again? And like, will that suddenly solve problems or will that just create new issues? Will that just make things, you know, like create yeah. a whole new slew of like, now I hate these customers. Cause <laughs> right. Like now I've changed from, okay, I'm not producing a wholesale catalog anymore but now you got to promote this new kind but of now i have a catalog that's a little bit smaller scale but still nice like i print nice covers and hand bind catalogs to show you people that i give a shit about my business yeah. and, how and you're never gonna not do that right it's not within so you I have, to yeah. I have those and i just keep thinking like okay well maybe you know i've sent out 50 to different libraries and special collections and some i think they already buy my stuff and i just wanted them to know like i'm totally legit <laughs> like, yeah here's doing stuff. this here's the information and then just found out that an event i'm doing this month uh where i thought we could sell stuff direct we can't sell it we can only present it and take sales after the fact which is actually not totally out of the norm for this mm. particular field um and it will put me in front of high rollers that spend their money for good and yeah. evil like people who collect beautiful books and i'm thinking okay well maybe these catalogs is paid off because i have a catalog i can stick in my info sheet all yeah. about me in and you'd be like here's like, this here's yeah. practically an order form like i can spoon feed you all this information so that when your hangover wears off tomorrow you, you can, can get go your checkbook out and order yeah. this and i'll put a thing in there that's like i'll even include free shipping because you're in chicago so here it is so i'm hoping that like that kind of yeah. work late is paid off so i'm not like i have not spent any time being frantic about anything this fall because like you were saying michelle like i've done all the other things like mm. inventory's done i've rephotographed things i've revisited writing on my website yeah. i've reorganized the studio i've done all of those things to have like a super streamlined system yeah um i keep thinking now I don't remember what it was you said that made me think about this, but the whole like being 20 years, 20 years is usually what they say, um, like a trend cycle yeah, starts again. Yeah. Um, so like, have you thought about like the reasons you started your business? Like I'm not saying like, Oh, make the same work you made 20 years ago, but like something about starting, out 20 years ago is there something you can use as like a marketing ploy like like i don't know pretending what it's year one like yeah I, well, said. Like I a little bit do. i mean so like next year is only 15 years for me but i'm doing like throwbacks released all year so some things are just straight up getting re-released and then some things are just sort of inspired by my style that was back then because it's kind of like coming back around anyway you know have you put this stuff out like have you seen a people respond not to yet. yet it's for next year mm. so but i like have lots of plans getting you know slowly put together <laughs> it's happening but no i haven't like announced anything yet I think the hard thing is like the the tangible stuff like things I was doing then everyone does it now so that's the hard thing like oh it was the I, handmade paper that's what it was you said yeah that and um 
you know, all the pithy statements on prints. Like, mm. I just don't have any inspiration to do a lot of it. Like, there's okay. uh, some I've done for very specific reasons. And I love type and I'd like to work more with type. But then at the same time, that anything I do now is going to look like everyone else's mm. work, even if yeah i did it before then like yeah. you're saying with some of the other vendors who've gotten big in their field and now everybody's doing stuff that looks like their work yeah so that's frightening i think what i could do from 20 years ago is try to find the confidence that i mm. had when i was there we go <laughs> that's just what i like, would like oh, i'm just gonna do this thing. i was thinking about that the <laughs> other day where i was like why can't i just like i was trying to think about if it has anything to do with social media stuff where I was like, wouldn't it be great if I was just designing stuff the way I used to, where I just like, didn't, I literally did not give a fuck. Like I just was, des I was like, this is a cute card. I want to make a card that says this. Okay. That's cute. Now what, now I need a card that says something about like, get, get better soon. Okay. And then what kind of design will it have? Okay. It should be blue. Okay. That's one. And then it's like print shit out and like tape it to the wall and look at it and be like, this is cute. Okay. I'm going to place an order for these to be printed. So like I just did, like I was so naive and like didn't have anybody reacting to anything or like I didn't have vo voices in my head, like telling me like this won't sell or what if people don't like it? Like I did, there was no, you just did. It. I just did yeah, it. I just did. I, I just was back. like, I'm going to make a line of cards and uh, how much money can I save and how much will it cost? And when am I? And like, I'm just going to do it. Like, and I just did it. But like, shouldn't I now be more able to do that? Like, it seems like now I should be more confident than ever and be able to be like, I literally don't care about what anybody thinks and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And here's the cards I'm designing. Well, and I, think I don't care, but instead I'm the opposite. Better. You've gotten better at your craft. You've gotten better at running a business and you've gotten better at having this stretch of time where you've seen what's happening with cards around you. And there are so many. And I think sometimes like I wish I didn't look at any other stuff. Like mm, I wish I didn't right. know about other card companies. I wish I never saw any, I wish I didn't know about any designers. I wish I didn't look at what stores were selling. I didn't, I wish I didn't know about trends. I wish I yeah. didn't know about any typography design or illustration design. Like I just, I wish that it was free from my brain so that I could just do what I wanted and just like somehow organically just like put out whatever I wanted. And then <laughs> you, just, you just reminded me <laughs> of the best card that you ever sent me that you made. You custom made it. The one about your gallbladder. <laughs> I had my <laughs> gallbladder removed and just emergency <laughs> surgery, which then got botched. And there was an extra bile duct I had. They didn't I made know a about card it, just for like, Jen. Bile was literally eating my insides out. It was the most painful thing I've ever experienced. It was like 10 times worse than childbirth. And my childbirth oh my was God. like 30 plus hours plus a C-section. So like this this gallbladder was the worst thing ever. And I got to work. Emily sent a card that said, your gallbladder is an asshole. <laughs> it was the best card I've ever gotten. I still have it. It was custom made just for Jen. <laughs> I didn't produce it in quantity because I didn't think m many other people would want to buy it. I don't know if anyone else really yeah, felt that strongly like, about their make one gallbladder just being for an Jen. asshole. It's good. I could probably. What if you did start just posting at least photos of stuff like of that? Stuff like that. I mean, I've done cards like that before that are just like very specific to individual people. Um, 
but that was a good one it could mm-hmm. be your fill in the blank is an yeah, asshole your blank is an asshole and then you, you write, write it in you want. yeah yeah your girl bladder was being an asshole <laughs> that's the worst that's the worst <laughs> but there's stuff like that where i just think about like there are things that come into my brain that I'm like, that would be a hilarious card. And then I'm like, no, only I would think that was funny. But then I'm like, but wouldn't it be funny if I just made that a card? Yeah. And like, who cares if no one bought it? Like, what if I just made it a card? I mean, people still make Halloween cards. Who buys Halloween cards? I know. I'm always Apparently, surprised. people like, There do. are a lot of Halloween cards. And I'm like, oh. I mean, they're adorable. And I know that there are companies, like, I always, I mean, I always, you know, I always talk about Sapling Press. Like, I, I was just going to mention them because their cards are so oddly they're, specific. They are so specific. And, like, they're so, like, her personality and, like, the way that they're worded are just, like, you can tell, they, they, even if they're not this, they feel like just shit that came out of her brain. Like they feel like she was just sitting there in her car and was like, wouldn't it be funny if I made a car that said this blah. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's just some crazy line that like makes no sense. But somehow you're like, that's hilarious. I'm going to send that to this I just, person. I wonder how those really odd ones sell though. You know, or are they the things that get a ton of likes but and then, shares? But then, like from but a market like, research how would I get standpoint, this card to I someone? almost feel like that's kind of part of the beauty of of her line is like if she, I don't know how many like that specific line of those letterpress cards that are all in that same font mm-hmm. and they're all that like three or four line little chunk of text that are up in the corner. Yeah, like let's say she has two hundred of those, like if if only 20 of them are really good sellers, who cares? That pays for the rest of them. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, I will say because so, I like... And I think that those 20 sell really well because there are 200. Sure. Like, like, I've not only bought made the weird two, ones, 20, but because I like... I like I think of her as someone to buy a right. funny card from, I'll go and just buy one of the regular birthday cards right. that like are also funny. There's like a scale of but they're like not just normally ones upwards random. to ones that are totally insane. Yeah. And that trend might shift too, because I don't know about you, but when I've done cards, like <laughs> or sometimes even prints, and I think I'm going to have this awesome new print for show of hands. And then I get there and none of them sell. Yeah, no and one like wants every them. Time. Every time. Every time. Five years ago, I sell like ten yep. of them, and that happens to me every show. Time. And every show, too, and I'm like, why does everyone want this birthday yeah. card now? Because that, like, I made that five years ago, and nobody wanted it, yeah. and I was going to discontinue it, and suddenly everybody wants it. Yeah, I don't even understand this. No, it happens to me all That's the time. That's why, like, you can discontinue something, but kind of hold it in the vault. Yeah, you know, and then know that you could just like, like whip it out at some point, and they'll be like. Oh, this is so clever. Did you just come up with this? Yeah, sure. Why yeah. not? All the time it. when I'm on the verge of getting rid of something, all of a sudden it'll sell. Yeah, or like I was it. somewhat cleaning the other day. Not really. I was looking for something. And I found a whole pile <laughs> of parts. Rearranging. Yeah. Um, I found a pile of parts of uh, earring that I had discontinued. And I guess I discontinued it because I was tired of making it or I didn't like it or whatever. Or they weren't selling. I don't know. But... Now I've got a ton of different hoop earrings and these were little hoops and I'm like, eh, I'm just going to throw these back online again. And we've sold like 10 pairs since then. And it's like, oh, yeah, this was just great. sitting there. Yeah. I'm and like, I was over I it at are... the time. I don't know. This goes back to our previous episode of like 
telling customers what they want or asking them what they want? Well, I tried to tell them that they wanted them like three years ago and they didn't. And they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> now they do. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think of all the things you said you're doing. I like, I, I want you to um, make a, a book, like a published book real bad. Can't you pitch to someone? I can. Yeah. I have to um I have to sit down and write it. And it's the one time where and maybe you'll understand this where I don't want to DIY it. I don't want to sure. self publish yeah. it. No, I don't think you I, should. I don't want to raise I think you should get a, have a, a publisher. Kickstarter. Like Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. I don't no. want to do it. And I know a lot of people do it. Um and part of it is twofold. Like one I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to publish yeah. books. I want people who are really smart. I want an yeah. editor. I even want yes. like maybe a designer to help me be yeah. like, this is the best way to lay out book pages so yeah. that they're going to print the way you want. Like, that's what I want. Um, and here's our deadline schedule. Like, mm -hmm. this yeah, is when, this submit is this by this. Is, yeah. This is when they review art books and we need to get into this thing. We need like, I don't know any of that and I have no yeah. history in it. And the other thing too is that I kind of, for the first time ever want the legitimacy of someone else doing it. Like, yes. Because yeah. there's so many times I see this all the time. There's so many tomes about white men and like, and some of them are young, like younger than me. And they're yeah. getting these books published about their work. And it's not that they're not doing the work. It's not that their work's not interesting. Um, it's just that I again feel like I have to work twice as hard to get my yep. work respected in certain areas yeah and and it's like only in the last two or three years and maybe it's maybe it's partly fear that men like have not thrown shade at me just because it's like oh she lost her husband like maybe we should step off for a little while <laughs> um but my hair is always up on the back of my neck because i've had men say horrible things to me for so long like criticize yeah. my process criticize what i'm doing um send me postcards that are like great job on that thing you did but you must not have any work right now if you have the time to do that and i'm oh. like but this is my work what like, a passive aggressive postcard jeez typed typed on a typewriter <laughs> fuck so, off so there's so much of that that that's i kind of want to be like that's gross my work was good enough for a well-known publisher to want to publish it yeah like, i want that because i want to be like no, I didn't have to effing do it myself. Yeah. Because this publisher that I love, and I'm not going to say it because I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they decided to do this yeah. and use all of the muscle that's behind their enterprise to put it out there. And even things like my my thoughts about this even trump my ideas of having it printed in the U.S. Like because I like I just want that respectability. Yeah. Like I want that level of someone else caring as much as I do. And there are people who care, but they don't have any money and they don't run publishing companies. Yeah. So I don't care that they care. Like if you're not helping me, if you're not reaching out to your contacts to get that publisher to want to be interested in me, yeah. then I have to do all the work. And a friend of mine has um, some of the book pitches that Ellen Lupton wrote for um, to get her design books and textbooks yeah. published. They're so thorough. Like the woman practically wrote the books before they were done. Oh, well. It's fascinating to read because yeah. like, she is so freaking cool anyway. That to be like, this is what Ellen Lupton had to do to get her books published. So yeah. it's kind of a baseline. But I, like right now, I'm so tired. 
that I don't want to start yet. Like I winter's think this is yeah. winter, a good time for I'm be writing. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I will be at Spoken every morning, mm. spending an hour working on putting together a book. I just, like, just from listening to you talk, I thought the, a book is the next thing. It's got to be would you buy the one? next progression. <laughs> yeah, I What's would. What's it about? I'll give you a pitch. discount. Give me the pitch. <laughs> I think my... Um, clearly, we own books. <laughs> yeah, she thinks she we likes books. We own a lot of art There's books, too. There's a few here. Like, we go to you know art shows and if we really like the show we, we buy the book so yeah yeah well you know the kind of work i do is really super specific and i i think like so much of what i've done has been to spite people who told me that it couldn't be done or <laughs> or you know people being like oh well we have to do like all digital design it's the only way to do design and we'll output it to plates and then we'll letterpress print it that way like that's totally fine. I'm not poo-pooing that because yeah. I think the fact that so many people got into letterpress printing and wanted it meant that all of the equipment has been maintained. So there's actually newer companies that make rollers for presses yeah. because the demand is there. Yeah. So I don't love polymer printing. I will never do it, yeah. but I am grateful for the number of printers who've kept it alive because it means that I can buy stuff for shit, shit cheap that I don't have to have custom made. So that's really great. But I've focused really hard on like, how do I keep printing using these techniques that are hundred years old? Like, can we bring in some new techniques, but really focus on mm. preserving the original materials? Yeah. So I think the book would be something about like, these are projects, but not just like, and then here's the next poster I did. And here's the next poster I did, but some element that's connecting all of those or the actual design of the book itself would take advantage of that particular process. Like there would be through lines to the book. Um, you know, like I really love Marion Banshee's books. Have mm -hmm. you seen hers? Where yes. it's like the book design itself yeah. is critical to yeah. her how her brain works totally. yeah. in putting together these images. So to me, I feel like I don't want just a history of the studio. I want it to be like, here's projects that fit ideals, that fit challenges and parameters I set for myself. Yeah. And then the actual design shows like snippets of how that happened and then how that could continue into the future. So that's my two minute pitch for you. Sure, hasn't figured if out. If Michelle and I had money, we would publish your book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't. Do you know how to publish a book? No, we would hire somebody no. <laughs> to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I have, like, there's a couple publishers that I'm thinking of, too, but I guess I won't say them either because I don't want to jinx you. You can email me later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a few books, like, I have some art books at home that, like like, I think of immediately when I'm, like, like I feel like there should be thing there could be things in your book that are like actually printed. Yes. Mm, right. Like, yeah. There could be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I have a beautiful book that uh, a place in Italy who has like more money than they know what to do with. Like they collected wood type from Italy, all over Italy, and built this beautiful center with custom cases and everything. And uh, you can see it as a museum, but they teach workshops and things too. And they put a book out a few years ago, like just about collecting all of these things 
and then tipped into the inside of one yeah. of the signatures is actual printed pieces from some of this type yeah um, which is amazing so i'm totally game like yeah. i'll do the be work so amazing if that is a thing that yeah it could be like the, the edition you know the oh yeah launch like edition one of it edition yeah has like that. 250 of them have yeah. this yeah yeah be amazing yeah i will do the work i will put it all together i just i don't want to also run the business side of it because yeah. mm -hmm. i think it would require money at a certain level that um like i don't want to say i have to oh i have to raise this amount of money and then so much goes into me just figuring out how to make a book come to life yeah and the quantities that i end up with like five thousand dollars for like spending yeah. six yeah. months no no, do you want to do it like the normal way. Yeah. And then that I feel like you get one book out and, and now like some time goes by and it's time for your next book. Yeah. Well, and then that's the just a thing that you do a now. Publisher, you know, you want the backing of them to be yeah. like, we're putting this out right. and we're getting it to the right people and mm -hmm. we're distributing it. They know how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Or the legitimacy of like, here's one of our authors who's available yes. to speak. Yeah. I've like public speaking mm. is hard. Um, and I've never enjoyed it, but I also feel like I have to do it. Yeah. I need to get better at it. I've figured out ways to be funny, to ways to show slides that make a presentation more interesting. And it's all just by figuring it Doing out. It, yep. But a friend of mine and I were at a conference together years ago and she doesn't love it either. And, and we were looking at all these stats that had just come out about you know, women in design related fields and like in, in design colleges, 60% of grads are women. But then you look at conferences, it's all men and less than 30% yeah. are women speaking. Yeah. Um, and so there are conferences that are doing a better job with that. But I just feel like I can't wait for them to ask me to do it. I have to put it out there. Like yeah. you should pay me to come speak at your conference mm -hmm. and pay me. I'm not volunteering to do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're paying that guy to fly all the way here from Europe. Yeah. So you can pay the couple hundred bucks it takes me to get across the country and then also pay me to be there. Yep. So it's just figuring that out and not putting yourself out there for free for everything. Cause I am over exposure. Yeah. Like I'm over it. Yeah. A friend of mine sure. just told me that exposure just means that you're naked. <laughs> and I'm like it's so true like i am not gonna be naked for people anymore yeah it's so true yeah pony up yeah fuck you pay me that's yeah a, that's a poster that yeah a poster that is a poster there's a print a, oh okay. there's a print that i don't remember the designer it just says fuck you pay me <laughs> that's good yeah i mean i don't really have to deal with that as much as you guys do it's more like i'm buying this many things can i have a discount sort of thing and it's like <laughs> no do you feel competition in your field um yeah um i guess i don't you don't talk to people so no i mean <laughs> <laughs> i don't worry about it too much <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you feel like people are making different enough pieces? Yeah. Oh, I don't feel like anyone. Everyone? Uh, f Me personally, I, I've never seen anyone who is making something so close to mine that it bothered me at all. Well, I don't good. know if it's that I'm just not looking or. Do you see jewelry that's like really poorly made and you're like, oh, they're not. I mean. A little bit. I mostly see really good jewelry. Yeah. I don't know if that's just because of the people I follow, 
but I like jewelry a lot. Does it so give you anxiety? No. To see no. Michelle no. doesn't have anxiety. That's amazing. I mean, I've got like some other weird kind of anxiety that I'm just discovering is <laughs> it's it's not like it's uh um, it's from the inflammation buildup in yeah your <laughs> yeah um i don't have like i always thought i didn't have anxiety because my mom has anxiety and that's like her brain just like making up stories about that's me that's like, what i have yeah and <laughs> mine doesn't do that it's um like a um like a hormone imbalance sort of anxiety like like i'm not regulating things so i can just take a pill and get rid of it you know. Mine's just my brain's broken. No, this okay. is just like a physical anxiety response that has nothing to do with thoughts or anything. I will see a comment or something happened around you, Emily, where I'm like, oh, this is going to set her off. Like, this is going to. And I've just instantly I feel like I need to text her and be like, it's OK. Don't listen. to <laughs> Don't look at your Instagram right now. Don't, don't, just don't. Yeah, I have a lot of internal shit. And that I don't, that I try not to let other people. Which is really see. fascinating to me because you are so, you like, you really put yourself out there. Like, you really put yourself out in front of people. And even to the point of like, I'm going to have a store where randos will walk in mm -hmm. and say things at me and I mm -hmm. will sit there and take it mm -hmm. and deal with this. Or I will start a craft show that's better than other craft shows and I will deal with all of that, like, and be the point person for cranky vendors and cranky location owners and cranky customers. And like, it's amazing that you do that. And then somehow like say that you're internalizing Emily shaking all her anxiety. Head. <laughs> like you put yourself you out say, there more than most all, people I know. You're saying all that. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Why am I doing this to myself? Wait a second. This I say not me. like I, whenever people talk about like being introverted and being extroverted, like that seems like a conversation that people like to have a lot where they're like, I always hear people constantly talking about like, well, I'm introverted. And so this and this and this about myself. And I'm like, I kind of always want to be like, that's bullshit. All of that's bullshit. Like no, everyone's making excuses for themselves about like being shy or being confident or not or whatever. And like, because like, I don't think any of that's real. Like I, like textbook version of stuff like i am an extrovert like i will walk into any room and talk to people and i don't care because i kind of think everyone's bullshit like i think everybody is full of nonsense and like anything anybody says to me is usually based in their own insecurities about their own thing and i can't i have no control over that so like if you want to say something to me because i bothered you or whatever like i don't care so I'm, I'm just going to do what I want and it doesn't, I don't really care about your opinion of me, but then on the flip side, like I, w I'm super sensitive. Like I will go home and I will like internalize everything someone said to me or like I will hold it inside forever and ever and ever. Like some dumb shit somebody said to me one time at show of hands, like four years ago, I will still bring up and like be real sour about. I have some things like that. Yeah. Like if someone says something that really weird or rude. Yeah. I'll remember that forever. But then I also like don't. But like then if somebody's like, oh, does that really like did that really hurt your feelings? And then I'll kind of be like, no, not really. Like I just always like I just it's just there still. Yeah. Like it doesn't actually. 
upset me. Like it's not going to change who I am. Well, it's I'm not going to easier st- to focus on the negative and like yeah. all yeah. the memes yeah. in the world about doing the opposite like yeah. is not going to change the fact that when you you fixate on that yeah. like here's another person who's put me down like why does this affect me more than the people who brought right. me up like it's weird because i won't like if some like it should be that like x number of people saying negative things to me or making me feel a certain way should make me like want to go hide in the corner and not be extroverted anymore and not put myself out there but like it doesn't affect, i don't care i'm like i'm still who i am I'm still I'm still not afraid to go and talk in front of a crowd. I'm still not a person that I'm still someone that literally doesn't give a fuck about your opinion. But also I will talk shit about you when you say something <laughs> stupid to me. <laughs> well, I think what happens is you don't care about that person. Like I even did a print for a bigger portfolio I'm doing a, that's like using my type collection is a memoir yeah and uh, and one of the prints is all type and ornament designed by women and it's all shit that men have said to me over the last 20 years well it's a lot of things it's not all of them because it's oh yeah constant stream you know and it was really cathartic for me to get it out because the things bother me yeah and it bothers me that they bother me like why yeah. is this Exa- yeah exactly getting into my yeah. head like why do i have to constantly defend myself in a way because that's what you're doing like yeah. there's there's a a power play there too where someone is being negative at you or about the work you're doing yeah. it's almost like they're they're pushing something out over you that you didn't ask for. Right. And I know like I've seen people who used to do shows, some with me years ago who stopped because you have people coming into your booth and they are, they say awful things. Um, and you, how you process that is what makes you design where you want to go yeah. with your business. And some people don't want to hear it. They yeah. want to create their work and somehow like do work that will allow them to be in a vacuum without having to have this direct contact with their customer. Yeah. And in some cases it can be really successful depending on what the art is. Um, and then other times like we just started writing down the nasty stuff people said yeah. and then it became a joke. Like yeah. we would take ownership of it and then later on go have a drink and be like, can you believe this guy said this and this? Yeah. And just try to own it and and get it out of our We systems. We would do that at the store. I remember there was a period when Lizzie was at the store that we would write down the dumb shit people would say to us and we would we had like two jars that one that was positive things and one that was negative things. And we would write, we would just write them down and we put them in their respective jars and we would throw away the negative ones. We just wouldn't look at them. We would just put them in there. We'd throw away the negative ones. And then we would read, we would reread the positive ones. We would like pull out a random positive one and it would be something like, you know, like, Oh, I love every, like there was always people would come in and go, this is like Etsy, but in real life, like there would always be somebody that would say that. But there would be people that come in and be like, I love this store. I want to buy everything in here. Like, so, you know, just like nice things. And so we would we would try because we found ourselves always retelling the negative yeah. things. We would like people would come in. Friends would come in at the end of the day and we'd be like, this fucking asshole came in and said this to us. And like 
we that would be the anecdotes that we would tell other people and we would never we would never retell the right. nice the 14 people that came in that day that said n lovely wonderful things about how they loved the store or loved the window displays or thank you for being here or i my mother loved the gift i bought her here like we would never retell those stories but we would always retell the fucking asshole that came in and was like why is this card so expensive and then we, and we'd like make fun of that person and be yeah, like, some, I mean, well, that's some dumb lady story. wearing dumb <laughs> Nike shoes, like complained about how expensive this card was. And I'm like, you look like a fucking homeless person. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. It's but crazy. it's like, what is the point of like rehashing that negative shit? But it's like, that's the stuff that sticks with you and you start and your insecurity m makes you think, if that person said that, like how many other people think that same thing? Like you start, it starts to snowball on yourself and you start to think like, I wonder if other people also think that, but you don't, you never think that about the positive people. You don't snowball the positive people. No, you don't go, Oh, I bet that lady that said she loves everything in the store, but there's a hundred other people that think that same thing. Like you don't wallow in well, the positive too, comments. Is that the insecurity of running your own business? Because there's so much, mm. like with your when your ass is on the line every yeah. day, yeah. Like, and you're and so then worried you hear about that, and you're like, oh god, that's you're like, oh, if there's one person feeling like it's it's fueling that insecurity, right? Yeah, you're nervous about like, like when's the shoe the other shoe gonna drop, and like, is did I make a bad decision, and is that person's comment? pointing out a bad decision I've made but yeah you kind of just have to be like I don't know I've I mean it's funny I've I've heard vendors from the show like say stuff where they're like oh I ha like what do you do when people say like st stupid shit to you and stuff and I'm like you tell them to go fuck themselves and like my genuine reaction to customers that say dumb things is like I just ignore them like I just I just genuinely am like like, and if they keep talking to me, I'm like, cool, we're done talking. Like, and I will straight up to someone's face be like, that's not a, like, you need to not say that. Or that's an ignorant thing to say. Or I, I mean, I have no problem insulting a customer, but I also know like, that's me. Like I, I will just talk back to a customer, but most people won't. And most people are like super nice to people, even when they're being treated badly. Yeah. And I always have to remember like, that that's not how, you know people a lot of people get really hurt feelings and like don't just immediately have their reaction be like fuck off who cares what that like person thinks a, of you that's a confidence in your work that you've probably achieved over time right i just so, don't care i think people are stupid well, that's part of it but you've also like you have been putting yourself out there a long time it's like you know all the times i mean if i had a dollar every time somebody walked into a booth at any event and made some asshole yeah. comment about like um i could totally do this yeah um and you probably you probably all hear that yeah. right and and then they leave like i'd actually be rich if if i had a dollar for every time yeah we'd all have lots of money but i always think like how do i turn that around like okay if you buy the presses if you buy the type if you rent a space where you can actually use all that equipment you make a, an inventory, you apply for and get accepted 
into a craft show like this and have all of those pieces in place to be at a table like this, I will be your first customer. I will support you yeah. like if you're doing the work. If you're going to come in here and insult me by saying that you could do it, like, great. Yeah. Anyone could do it. My 12-year-old could do it. Probably better than me. But they're not doing it. Right. So, like, what? I can't even throw money at that. Yeah. So, and I know a lot of people do that. And then they question the price because they're thinking, well, I could do this for so much cheaper. They're not factoring in, like... I have a rent, I have overhead for a separate location. I have equipment yeah. that needs to be maintained. I need to purchase paper and inks and materials. And you know, these things don't just exist in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, again, going back to why I'm not doing greeting cards with a couple lines of type on them and competing with 22 year olds in graduate programs where they have all this equipment for free. Like it's not worth it for me yeah. to do that. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it, you got to have a thick skin, but sometimes it's hard to like, I don't know. I think it's it does sometimes feel like I had it a lot easier like 10 years ago when I was just kind of like naively being like, cool, this is fun and I'm just going to make what I want to make. And now I think I put more pressure on myself to like have everything be you know, like make X amount more money. And like, I, th I don't know, I feel like maybe I would be better off just just like throwing shit at the wall and not work. Like I, I do, I, when I've talked about like what I'm going to do next year, I keep thinking like maybe next year's my year to just be like, whatever the fuck happens, happens. I don't care. Like what if I just did a year where I don't care and I don't plan for anything and it doesn't matter. Cause it seems like a I've been, year? it seems like I've just been you like so hyperactively yeah, like worrying about everything. I'm thinking like try a month. <laughs> I don't think she's going to get through January. Yeah. <laughs> because it seem it feels like it, the, all the over worrying and anxiety and like planning and you know, like being so stressed out about everything, like certainly isn't working. So like, what if I was just like, I don't care. I'm not going to, I'm just going to make what I want to make and do what I want to do and see how that goes and like not worry about like what's going to sell and what's not going to sell mm -hmm. and like what people like and what people don't like and just be like do I like it cool then that's what I'm making and then see what happens and will you take on custom work from people custom design work maybe Are I think you doing so no, I mean, I'm not like actively seeking it out. It just kind of like sometimes stuff just happens and I'm like, sure, I guess I'll do that. But like, I feel like I need to actively be like, this is the kind of work I do. This is the work I want, you know, put it out there that I'm doing that. I mean, you want things like logo design. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think I, right? I mean, I feel like I would do wedding invites, but I don't know that I want to like advertise that. Because mm -hmm. then that kind of opens the door to like, the kind of wedding invites that I don't want to do. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like if I'm really specific about like on my website being like, this is the kind of work that I'm doing. And if you want me to do that kind of work, then yeah, hire me. Fine. But I don't mm. know. It seems very long. Okay. Should we take a break? Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Are we taking a break or are we wrapping it up? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll end it. Okay. We'll we can wrap it up. Fate will okay. determine. Um, 
I feel like we talked about a lot. We can yeah. have, we should always we should I mean we can have many more episodes in the future for sure with Jen. Lots of things. I can touch base with you in six months. <laughs> See where things are at. See where it's at. If yeah. I have if I have new data on right? my plan B's. Right. <laughs> Michelle can talk about her plan B. I can talk about my plan B or whatever it is. Well Michelle can talk about reissues. Yeah. I mean oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's giving me something to look forward to, you know, seeing how it goes instead of just keep keeping the same thing. Um, So I guess that's good. I mean, I like planning shit. I almost like planning the stuff more than I like uh, doing <laughs> this stuff. So I can't not just plan all of next year, you know. But again, I guess I said this before we turned the mics on. If I feel like I'm on a sinking ship, I'm <laughs> jumping off and just letting it go down. <laughs> You're going to wave to me. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck closing those watertight doors. I feel like if we're doing, if we're fully doing this metaphor, if Jen mm -hmm. is yeah. closing off all the valves and mm -hmm. like staying on the ship and you're jumping ship, yep. I feel like I'm the person that's rallying everyone else that wants to jump off the ship and get and like managing the lifeboats okay but then i'm also getting off the ship oh, okay <laughs> but you're gonna hop in i'm yeah. like the captain that's going down with the like ship. i'm i'm going to eventually get off the ship but I, I i imagine that i will probably be the person that's like make you know yelling at jen like get off the damn ship and she's like nope and then I'm like, fine, I'm leaving then. And then I'm the last one getting into the lifeboat and we're leaving and I'm like flipping Jen off as we drive away. And then every once in a while, I'm like sending the helicopter back to be like, is she still, <laughs> is she still there? I mean, I'll, I'll be like, the one that's like, I'm glad you all got off. I'm glad you all so made it. God. I'll be here. It's Go different. Me. Go forth and be prosperous, please. I feel like I've <laughs> always been on other people's ships. In which case I was jumping, right? Yeah. But this is my ship. So maybe I am like... Maybe you wouldn't just I, jump ship. Yeah. I mean, now I'm thinking about how when we had to uh, get buckets to take all the water out of our car. You know, I did that. <laughs> I didn't just say, bye, the car's ruined. You know, I got some buckets and we... And you helped. We got the water out of the car. Yeah. So I've done some of that with... The business yeah. i mean i have this is a, in a whole nother episode probably for thursday the things that i've done because i guess people are curious but we won't it's too long i'm it's not getting long. into it now we'll get into it later yeah all right well jen do you want to say anything else before we sign off nope <laughs> <laughs> i'm done i've said it all um if thanks you for having me if you want to Look at Jen's work if you haven't seen it before. Starshapedpress.com. No, just starshaped.com. Just starshaped.com. Starshaped Press is your Instagram, though. Yeah. Starshaped.com. Um, buy a print or something. Don't send her an email and be like, I was going to buy a print, but I didn't. Don't do that. <laughs> Although it happens. Um, and come to show of hands. And come to show of hands. Jen will be there with her full, full stuff. No greeting cards, though. No, just one. Just one greeting card? And one individual greeting card. Like a bestseller. One bestseller. Whoever gets there first can buy it. <laughs> it's, it's gonna, gonna be. It's gonna, be it's gonna cost a hundred dollars. <laughs> It'll be in a gold case. <laughs> I'll sign the back of it. For She'll you. sign it. I'll fill She'll it out for you. She'll take a photo you. with you holding it. 
<laughs> It'll be great. Photo is $5. The photo costs extra. <laughs> She'll sign that for another $10. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of add-ons. <laughs> um, and then that's it. We don't have, we don't have any pancake town plugs, do we? No. Uh, no. No. And then we're, oh, we're, are we on Stitcher now? Yeah, we're on Stitcher now. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but we're on Stitcher now. So there. If yeah. that's a thing that you like or know about. Yeah. Someone was like, are you on Stitcher? And I was like, I don't know what that is. So I went and looked it up and was like, I guess I'll apply to be on Stitcher. Now we're on there. So there Great. you go. Congratulations to us <laughs> on another thing that you can listen to us on. Apparently we're supposed, we should be, there's like iHeartRadio we can be on. Oh, we can be on that? Yeah, you can be, podcast can be on. Oh, I didn't so know that. I thought that was like a exclusive thing. No, I'm going to look into that All see right. if that's a thing. Hmm. But anything that's free will be on. We just yeah. have to, we're okay. not paying for things. Mm-hmm. No. All right. This is cool. Now. Thank you, Jen. Thank yeah. you. We love you. Yeah.